we greet you in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Love to the family. Thank God for his love that we can share with one another. Come on, how many of you know God has been good to you and you're not ashamed to say so? Yeah, Lord. Hallelujah. Man, we thank and praise God for God allowing our moments to roll on just a little while longer. To those of you who are watching today, thank you for the privilege of your time. Thank you for being with us today, allowing us into your space to inform your head, inspire your heart, and encourage your spirit to become all that God wants you to be. Now, remember, you're not watching to make us a big church or me a big preacher. We are here to help you become the biggest and best Christian that you can be. We want you to be the best man, the best woman, the best husband, the best father, the best mother, the best wife, the best son, the best daughter. Wherever you are in life for this season, we want to help you to be the best that you can be to the glory of God. Like us, love us, share us with family members and friends, and let them know there's never been a better time for hope. This month is a packed month in terms of awareness subjects and matters. Uh, I think most of us know, and today uh, we're wearing pink in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we certainly want to celebrate all of the men and women who have celebrated victory or who are in the battle over breast cancer or with breast cancer, uh, but not just breast cancer, any kind of cancer that you're dealing with. Uh, we want to applaud you and celebrate you and encourage you in this battle. We also recognize that this month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And we know from our own history that this is not something that is just in the world, it's also in the church as well. A lot of abuse has taken place in the name of the Lord and, and the misapplication and misinterpretation of scriptures. And so we certainly want to raise awareness around that and want to encourage anybody who may be a perpetrator to find the help that you need. And for those who are suffering as victims, to find the deliverance that you need as well. Uh, some people don't know, but this month, October, is Depression Awareness Month. Depression Awareness Month. And uh, I remember when former First Lady Michelle Obama, in the midst of COVID, talked about all of us going through a low-grade depression. I'm not sure if we've all come out of that low-grade depression yet. Um, right after COVID-19 and dealing with the aftermath of that, uh, we have dealt with an economy that has uh, increased expenses more than our paychecks. Amen. And uh, we're just fighting to make every day count and every day matter. Uh, we're seeing the rise of racism and bigotry in our country and an attempt by the criminal injustice system to take us back instead of move us forward. And so uh, there's been a lot going on. And, and I just want you to take time. Remember, self-care is not selfish. Amen. Self-care is not selfish. Make sure you take the time to uh, encourage yourself in the Lord. If you have nobody else to encourage you, take time to encourage yourself in the Lord. Now, just a couple of things I want to share with you before we get to our word today. First of all, October the 21st at 9 a.m., we're having our quarterly leadership meeting. Uh, that's a Saturday morning, October the 21st at 9 a.m. We're looking forward to that leadership meeting as we both look at um, what God 
is doing in our church and how we are going to move forward as we work to change the culture of our church. We want to make sure that we understand that discipleship is not a program here. It's our culture that everybody must be committed to not only being discipled, but to make disciples so that we can help people who need Jesus know Jesus and help people who know Jesus grow in Jesus. So make sure that you are here. Uh, it's not just for our leaders. Uh, it is for any committed and concerned member. If you want to know where we're going and you are committed to helping us get there, we want to invite you to come out. You can use the QR code or go online and register. So we know you're here. So we'll have something for you uh, to eat and you can fellowship with us as we seek God's guidance and leading as to where God wants us to go as a church family. We want to celebrate what God is doing and then recommit ourselves to what God is doing now and in the future. Rooted and grounded groups, make some noise. Now, for those of you who are actively involved in Rooted and Grounded right now, I want to say thank you. This past week, uh, we went through our prayer experience, and hopefully you had a chance to recount that prayer experience this past week to talk about some of the things God showed you, some of the things God taught you, and how you can communicate with God both in not just praying and asking God for things, but yielding and hearing from God in terms of direction for your life. This week, we're moving into week five. There is an enemy. There is an enemy, and we're excited about that. One of the components of our rooted and grounded discipleship culture is the I will class, the I will connection. And we have special people who have been trained who are kind of that first line of contact. This is for people who join our church, become part of our church in between rooted groups getting started. And we want to make sure that they're connected to somebody. And there's a, a powerful testimony that I want you to hear today from a sister who came and got connected with I will and then eventually got into a rooted group, but this I will testimony, I think, will bless you in a special way. Let's hear from her on today. My name is Ashley Winters, and I've been with Good Hope for about a year and a half. I want to thank you for me being able to share my spiritual journey. And I started here when I was going through a really rough time, so I would like you to listen to my story for a second. When I first came to Good Hope, I had no hope, to be honest. I had lost my mother and I lost my father. And getting baptized here in June, on June 25th, I really found my first church home. When I got baptized here, I knew that I had to publicly admit that I had a love for God that I never had before. Um, when I had went through my tragedies, I lost my mother in 2020 and then I lost my father in 2021. So after that, I was very, very lost. I lost things in my 
spiritual life. I lost things in my physical life. I got my car repoed. I ended up losing my job. They just called me one day and said, hey, I don't, we don't need you anymore. And so with everything being back to back, I had called a good friend of mine and she said, your story sounds like the book of Job. And so I said, the book of Job, like, what is that? Like, I, I've never, I've never been in the Bible to know that. All I knew was Noah's Ark, Christmas time, you know? So I started personally reading the book of Job and I was like, oh, this man, this man lost it all, but he still praised God. So after learning about that, I was talking to another friend and he was like, he's my really good friend. He said, hey, you know what? Come to church, come to church with me. You gotta come to church. So we came here to Good Hope. Um, on my first, my first weeks, I was listening to a pastor and what pastor was saying, the stories of the Bible, he was explaining like we, we're going through this because, because God wants to show us the magic that he has in store for us. So as I was hearing the stories in the Bible, I was like, oh, well, my, my story ain't that bad compared to the things that were going on in the Bible. So knowing that, I felt one with knowing my purpose in life. In closing our I Will chapters, we all had a chance to read a prayer and um, it was finally my turn. So I actually would like to share that prayer with you. God, thank you for my breath today and every other. I am grateful for my life and the abilities you have given me to enrich the lives of others. I wanna thank you for bringing me to this church of good hope. I wanna thank you for guiding me to honor and live for you and be baptized to show my love for you publicly. Thank you for Mr. Charles being the deacon of my life, a leader, and being there each step of my process and also the wisdom, the wisdom he has within him to share your word. Give him the power and strength to continue to bless others like he has blessed me. He has taught me that no matter what's going on in your life, you can make it right and live for God joyfully and rejoice in his name daily. God, I thank you for the spirit of a fam and bless his journey in your name. Give him courage and more guidance as the years go on in his profession. I have learned from him that no dream is too big nor too small in your eyes, Lord. And with that faith, we can move mountains and also help people who don't have the resources, helping them from our hearts and paying tithes in more ways than others. And last but not least, God, bless my sisters in Christ. These two ladies have inspired me so. I am so grateful and thankful to see their sisterly bond and it has even made me call on my own sister more, God, continue to cover my siblings. Lord, continue to keep my sisters in Christ bond together, their laughs longer, and their love for you louder. Bless their children throughout this entire school year, God. Continue to show them the way through your eyes, although I know they have it covered because they've been learning from you their whole lives. Lord, as we close our I Will chapters, I want you to take this time and give every person in the world that needs you and learn, long for your push of hope that they can make it to their first step in learning and loving you more, God. Guide others that have been strayed and forgive those that have asked for your mercy, Lord. I wanna thank you for this opportunity to share love, laughs, inspiration, life, and faith with these people here. My new church family, this has been a blessing. I'm looking forward with more things we have in store. Glory be to you always, amen. So going back to the I Will chapters, I really highly recommend that because when you come into a new segment in your life and you don't have the support or you don't know where to go with your, your guidance from God or you don't know what to do with this newfound spiritual, spirituality, you need that assistance. So I highly recommend I Will and then furthermore, Rooted and Grounded because it will definitely keep you on the right path. Come on, let's thank God for Sister Ashley. Man, what a blessing. 
I, I know uh, Deacon Carswell, they had to make your heart glad, man, to hear uh, that kind of testimony. And here's what I want you to know. What you heard today uh, is not unique. There are other people who are around you who are blessing people and who are being blessed. And that's really what making disciples is all about. Um, I told you before, making disciples, you don't have to be a spiritual superman or superwoman to be a disciple of Jesus or to make a disciple of Jesus. You just have to be committed to encourage somebody along the way in the word of God to help them make one more step for God. And in turn, you continue to make that next step to the glory of God. And so we're certainly grateful and thankful uh, for the multiplicity of ways that disciples are being made here at the Good Hope Church. Amen. Come on, let's thank God one more time for that. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer as we get ready for the word today. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. Uh, we pray now, God, that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight, that it will bring glory and honor to you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and redeemer, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's an enemy in the camp. Everybody in my cabinet is not in my corner. Uh, there are some weeds in the garden we need to get out so the flowers can grow. These are just some of the phrases that I've heard leaders say when they were talking about the organizations that they were leading after they had identified that someone in their organization was with them but not for them. And moves had to be made. Uh, they had to get some people out of positions and get some people out of places because they knew those people were toxic. And if they remained in the organization, even though they may have liked them as a person, to leave them in that place would be detrimental to the organization. Now, here's what's interesting. It's pretty easy to identify for most of us somebody or something that's wrong around us. But what do you do when the enemy is not beside you, but is within you? In other words, what do you do when you're looking for the enemy to your progress, when you're looking for the enemy to you doing great things in life, when you're looking for the person that is keeping you from fulfilling your potential in God and you realize you see that person every morning you look in the mirror? See, the truth is, when it comes to your walk with God, too many of us are ignorant of who our enemy is and the tactics our enemy uses. Uh, in our rooted study today, we begin week five, and it's interesting because it is not a question this week, it's a declarative statement. There is an enemy. You don't have to see the enemy. You don't have to recognize the enemy. You don't have to acknowledge the enemy. I'm just here to tell you that you have an enemy. And so the question is not whether you have one or not. The question is, what will you do to overcome the enemy that's in your life? Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought how to overcome 
the strongholds in your life. How to overcome the strongholds in your life. Now, when we went through our rooted group back in April and May, I actually preached the sermon from the same subject. I've got to tell you, though, I had to go back through that thing and and make some adjustments and changes. So stay with me, if you will, because I believe all of us have some level of stronghold in our life. Now, we typically don't want to admit it or acknowledge it, or maybe we are ignorant of it. And some of it is because that stronghold has become such a part of our life and has been in us and with us so long that we don't recognize it doesn't belong there. We have become, in a sense, uh, spirit blind when it comes to our stronghold. Uh, let me see if I can give you an example. It's kind of like going in a home, for example, of someone and they have uh, a bunch of cats, right? And they become nose blind to the smell of cats and and litter boxes that need to be emptied and the like. And you can walk in that house and in a moment you go, whoa, man, there's some cats in here or something, right? And they say, what's wrong? Because <laughs> they have become nose blind to it. Well, for many of us, we have become spirit blind to the presence of strongholds in our life. Colossians 1.13 says he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Your salvation is the needed first step in your walk with God to set you free from the penalty of sin. But your sanctification is the necessary second step in your walk with God to help you overcome the rule and reign of sin and a stronghold in your life so that you can be set free from the power of sin over your life. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? Amen. If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Here's the first thing I want you to see if you're going to overcome the strongholds in your life. Number one, you need to realize you have strongholds in your life. You have strongholds in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 beginning at verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh and we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Uh, Paul reveals in this passage what spiritual warfare is all about. The Corinthians judge Paul's ministry and the Christian life by the outward appearance completely missing the power that was there. Uh, It's very similar to what we see happening today in the body of Christ when, when people are measuring the amount of your spiritual power by the presence or absence of material possessions. And so they look at your life, and if you don't have a lot of stuff, if you don't have a lot of junk, if you don't have a lot of creature comforts, cash, commodities, and the like, then they say, well, you must not have a lot of faith. 
And Paul wants them to understand the same thing he wants us to understand, that this thing is really not about our physical existence. It's really about the spiritual battle that we are in every day. And so Paul says, in the midst of that spiritual battle, understand, look at what he says, that you have to deal with, verse 4, the C part, some strongholds in your life. See, there are times, consciously or not, when we allow our enemy to have authority or a position in our lives that sets up a spiritual stranglehold on who we are and, more importantly, who God wants us to become. And the Bible calls those things strongholds. Now, the word for stronghold is an interesting word because it, it, it means a castle or a fortress or something that is built or something established that is intended to defend some ground or territory. Paul says each of us has some strongholds that we need to become aware of and we need to do something about. Now, let me read this for you because I don't want you to miss this. A stronghold is more than sin. As a matter of fact, sometimes a stronghold is not sin, but it can lead to sin. Sometimes a stronghold will just simply keep you from fulfilling your potential in Jesus Christ. Somebody said, what's a stronghold? It's an area in your life where sadness, sin, or suffering has taken root in your spirit so much so that it affects who you are, how you think, and what you do, keeping you from fulfilling your God-given potential in your life. Let me say it again. A stronghold is an area in your life where sadness, sin, or suffering has taken root in your spirit so much so that it affects who you are, how you think, and what you do, keeping you from fulfilling your God-given potential in your life. Sadness, sin, or suffering can become the pathway to which an open door is established in your spirit for a stronghold to be built. For some of you, listen to me carefully, that stronghold was built before you even became a Christian. So it's been with you so long, it was with you in your BC days before Christ, and now God says you better identify it or else what came upon you in your BC days will affect you in your AC days. He says you got to become aware of what it means to have a stronghold in your life. See, that stronghold gives Satan power over that area of your life. And that stronghold will cause you, listen carefully, to underachieve and underperform in your thoughts, in your words, and in your deeds. There's sometimes you say, you know, it's the devil, and I'm not saying it's not the devil because the devil can use it, but sometimes, listen to me carefully, that stronghold can be so strong that you can put the stop sign in front of your own face. 
The devil doesn't even have to do it now. You'll do it to yourself because the stronghold is that present and prevalent in your life. And that stronghold will justify its existence based on the legitimacy and the extent of what you've been through. In other words, Excuse me, in other words, you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, but you know, this happened to me, this happened to me. And that's the stronghold justifying its existence. Saying you're absolutely right, that's right, because you've been through that, because he said that, or because she said that, or because your daddy did this, or because your mama did this, or because your ex did this. You are justified to feel that way. And the stronghold simply puts its feet up on the table and says, I'm so glad to be home. Scripture says you need to realize you have strongholds in your life. Number two, you must battle your strongholds every day of your life. You must battle your strongholds every day of your life. He says, for the weapons, verse four, of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Paul says in Ephesians 6, beginning at verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may, may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Basically, here's what you and I need to understand. You do yourself a disservice by not recognizing that standing for Jesus and his kingdom brings you into constant conflict. You are in a battle, and the more you want to stand for Jesus, the more conflict is coming your way. Yeah, listen, before you got saved, somebody in here, you probably said, man, I didn't have all these problems when I wasn't a Christian. I just started having these problems after I got saved. Watch this. When you wasn't bothering the devil, the devil wasn't bothering you. But once you made a commitment to live right and do right, that's when the devil gets busy. Look at A, you are in a spiritual battle with the devil. You are in a spiritual battle with the devil. I'm not talking about two horns and a pointy tail and a pitchfork. I'm talking about the principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in this world. The enemy, the adversary, the devil is busy, and if he can't take you out, he will take you down. Look at 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That word devil literally means the accuser, the, the false accuser, the slanderer, the one who not only will lie on you, but will do everything he can to pull you down, to debilitate you, to depress you, so that you cannot do what God has equipped and called you to do. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, we know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. He says you are in a battle with the devil, but B, you are also in a battle with your flesh. You are in the battle with your flesh. Romans 7, verse 21, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. 
For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. The battle takes place on multiple fronts. The flesh will show up, whether it's physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. Whether you call it the old man or your sin nature or your natural man in your mind or in your body, your inner self is still with you with all of its sinful proclivities. And if he can't get you with your actions, he will get you with your attitude. That's why we had to be born again, right? We were born wrong the first time, born in sin, shaped in iniquity. And God says, I've got to do something in you. And that's where that salvation and sanctification process step in. First John chapter 2, verse 16. Let's read it together. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. See, that stronghold speaks to your damaged self. Uh, the part of you that has endured hurts, hang-ups, and destructive habits. Uh, that hurt child, that mistreated adult living inside of you who still wants its pain and its desires recognized and gratified and the stronghold keeps tally keeps record of the hurt and the hang-ups and the destructive forces that are in you and it keeps the holy spirit from fully working in your life so even when the holy ghost wants to come in and take control of your life, the stronghold guards its hurt and its pain and basically says, Holy Spirit, you can have the rest, but don't come over here because we've earned this pain and we've earned the right to hold on to it. Here's the third thing. Number three, you need to realize you must depend upon the power of God to be victorious over your strongholds. You've got to depend upon the power of God to be victorious over your strongholds. Verse 4 says, For the weapon of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have, there it is, divine power to destroy strongholds. Listen, strongholds in your life are never to have a permanent presence, they are to be destroyed. Everybody say destroyed. destroyed. Now, for some of us, they literally have taken up residency and are not paying rent. And they have been with you so long that you have grandfathered them in to the rest of your life. And God says, no, I am giving you divine power to destroy the strongholds that are present in your life. <clears throat> the word power uh, comes from the Greek word dunamis. 
right, or dunamai. And, and it speaks to a divine ability, a divine strength, that which is greater than you have within yourself. He says you've got to rely on divine power to destroy your stronghold, to demolish it, to make it extinct, to pull it down, to bring it down to rubbles, to haul it off and take it to the spiritual dump so that it no longer has a place in your life. Here's what Paul wants you to understand. You cannot defeat Satan or your stronghold in your own strength. You cannot fight and be victorious in spiritual power, uh, spiritual battles with earthly power. In order for you to be victorious, you've got to do it in the power of God. That's why praise and prayer are so important. Praise helps you to recognize who God is and the power he has. And prayer helps you to access it so you stop depending on yourself and you start depending on God. He says, you got to realize you've been fortified with supernatural power. Look at A, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit fights with you. 1 John 4, 4 says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. If the power within you is greater than he that is in the world, that means if the stronghold is rooted in the hurts, habits, and destructive habits of the one who is in the world, then the power of God, greater who is in you, can help you destroy that which has been planted in you by the one who is in control of the world. The Holy Spirit fights with you, but look at B. The Holy Spirit fights for you. Somebody in here needs to know when you're tired, when you're beat up, when you're beat down and unable to fight for yourself. Thank God the Holy Ghost will fight for you. Matter of fact, Romans 8, 26 and 27 says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness even when we don't know how to pray. Said when all we can do is moan and groan. I wish I had a witness in here somewhere. Even when all you can do is moan and groan, the Holy Ghost is a groan interpreter. And he will intercede on your behalf before the throne of glory with your moans. He says, just learn how to stand firm by faith in God's power. Here's the fourth and final thing. Number four, you must choose to fight, to overcome the strongholds in your life. You must choose to fight to overcome <clears throat> the strongholds in your life. Verse 5 says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, can I tell you how strongholds sometimes will manifest themselves? Strongholds will manifest themselves sometimes just telling you it's hopeless. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't change. You can't do. You can't become. You can't be. Because of the various strongholds that have been planted in your life. Those strongholds have been planted 
to cause you to doubt God and to doubt what God can do in and through your life. And so you see yourself as being hopelessly bound to where you are instead of seeing the power of God being the source of victory and the ability of God to destroy the strongholds. Here's what you got to understand, though. God can't exercise his power on your behalf without your permission and your participation. You got to choose to fight. You got to choose to say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm not going to live with this any longer. Uh, That word warfare literally means to serve in a military campaign. Anybody who has served on the front line, anybody who has served in a battle, you know that when you are out there shooting at somebody, there's somebody shooting back at you. You don't sit there shocked and surprised when somebody is shooting back at you. That's what the enemy does. Somebody said, well, what do you mean, Pastor? What I'm trying to get you to see is once you choose to fight, don't be surprised when the devil comes back at you. Um, There's a statistic in football that you will hear talked about uh, by its pundits, and it's called yak yardage. Yak stands for yards after contact. Uh, In other words, whenever you catch the ball or whenever you are running the ball, uh, there's an assumption that you're going to get contacted, that you're going to get touched. The question is, do you go down or do you fight through the contact to gain as much yardage as possible? Nobody gets out on the football field and when somebody touches them, say, oh my God, he touched me and just falls out on the ground, right? You got to get tackled. You got to come because I expect contact, but I want to keep pressing and keep gaining even after I have some contact. And here's what God wants you to understand. Child of God, the enemy's going to come at you. And watch this. When you try to serve an eviction notice on a stronghold in your life, that spirit that is in that stronghold, that constitutes that stronghold, does not want to get put out because it's been making itself at home all these years. So how do you fight the strongholds that come your way? Look at A. Ask God to reveal the sin that is at the root of your stronghold and confess it. Ask God to reveal the sin that is at the root of the stronghold and confess it. See, once God shows you your particular area of sin, you must learn how to confess it. Now watch this. I need you to hear me. The sin may not be a sin that you have committed. It may be a sin that has been committed against you. But whatever the sin is, God says, call it what it is and then release it. See, sometimes strongholds are unchecked and unconfessed sins in your life that have remained so long, they have become a stronghold. Some strongholds are sometimes the results of sins committed against you. So somebody hurt you. Somebody took advantage of you. Somebody rejected you. Somebody uh, molested you. Somebody brutalized you. Whatever the sin was, that sin that was committed against you became the brick and mortar to build a stronghold in your life. Sometimes the sin may be generational. 
you look back over your life and it just didn't start with you. It started with your mama. It started with your mama's mama or your mama's daddy. You follow what I'm saying? And it's generational. Listen, here's what God wants you to understand. Don't claim it as a personality. Don't claim it as an idiosyncratic tendency. Call it what God calls it, a stronghold that needs to be destroyed. Don't, don't call it a, a, a momentary attraction. Call it lust. Call it what it is. Call, call it what it is. Don't call it a, a, a little indulgence. Call it greed. Call it materialism. Uh, don't, don't call it, I, I, I'm just expressing a concern. No, call it gossip. Call it what it is. Don't, don't call it irritability. I'm just in a bad mood. No, call it anger. Just call it what it is. But watch B, you've got to release the unresolved pain that's the root of your stronghold and repent of the sin. You've got to release the unresolved pain that's the root of the stronghold and repent of the sin. Release means to actively and aggressively let go of the wrong and the sins that were done to you in your past. You've got to actively and aggressively let it go. It may be sin, listen carefully, or if you hold on to it, it may result in sin. For example, to do wrong is sin. To know the right you should do and not do it is also sin. One is the sin of commission, the other is the sin of omission. And both of those can be the result of a stronghold in your life that's keeping you from doing what God has called you to do. Hebrews 12:1 says, "Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which so cling so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters? Some strongholds are sin, but some are just a weight. But the writer of Hebrews said, you got to lay it aside. You got to let it go. But not only do you need to release, you got to repent. And repent means to actively and aggressively turn away from the areas where you have sinned or fallen short of God's will for your life. You've got to repent. Everybody say repent. You've got to let it go and you've got to turn around and go in the opposite direction. Acts 3.19, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. You have to choose freedom when it comes to battling and defeating the strongholds in your life. Now, y'all, we, we've gone through this. Some have gone through this two times. Some of you have gone through this three times this year. We've talked about this. And, and can I tell you something that I've learned? Sometimes dealing with strongholds is progressive in nature. Uh, it's kind of like cleaning out your closet. Let me see if I can make it plain. 
um, I go in my closet and I'm going to clean out my closet. Now, I can't let my wife go in and clean out my closet because she doesn't understand the value of everything that's in the closet. Um, she'll, just, she'll just throw everything out. Just, she'll just, right. So I can't let her in my closet. But, but here's what I've learned. Y'all, listen to me carefully. Here's what I've learned about my closet. There's some things I have an emotional attachment to. And there's some things I still have hope in. There's some things that bring back some fond memories. And then there's some things that I hope to get into one day, get back into one day. You, you understand what I'm saying? I, I, I plan on getting back there one day. I'm, I'm trying to keep hope alive. I'm trying to keep hope alive. I'm trying to get hope alive, trying to keep hope alive. Just, just 10 more pounds, I'm going to get back in it one day. Keep hope alive, keep hope alive. And my wife will say, no, just get rid of it. If you get back down there, just get something new. Just get something new. And I, no, 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 no. I'm keeping hope alive. But watch this. When I go in the closet today, and there's certain things I hope that I'm going to get back into. Next year, I go back to the closet. I don't have that same level of hope. Next year that I had this year for certain things. You understand what I'm saying? It's certain things I'm like, okay, okay, you know what? Just, just, just give up the ghost. Just go on and just, just give it away. Bless somebody with it, right? But I still got some stuff. Some stuff. I still got some stuff. I'm holding on to. I'm holding on to. It's still some stuff I'm holding on to. I'm still... And then I, I'll let a few more things go, Right? Listen, here's what I'm trying to get you to see. When you look at and identify the strongholds in your life, sometimes you can have an emotional attachment to what is not in your best interest. And I'm telling you, once you identify it as not being in your best interest, whatever that stronghold is, bitterness, control, idolatry, despair, jealousy, envy, sexual immorality, false teaching, insecurity, rejection, deceit, fear, pride, whatever the stronghold is, call it what it is and start letting it go. Galatians 5.16, let's read it together. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The enemy will continue to come after you. The enemy will continue to use that stronghold to maintain a place in your life. The enemy will continue to debilitate, depress, and try to destroy you through the use of your stronghold. But you've got to make up in your mind to keep fighting the good fight. If you've got to fight brick by brick, if you've got to fight area by area, you've got to keep up the good fight to destroy the strongholds in your life. And the good news is you're not doing it by yourself. But you're fighting the good fight with the power of God on your side. Isn't that good news? 
that you don't have to fight the fight by yourself. Just keep on pressing. Keep on praying. Keep on trusting. Keep on believing. Keep on fasting. Keep on fighting the good fight. That's why the old song said, yield not to temptation. For yielding is sin. Each victory will help you some other to win. Fight manfully on food. Dark passions subdue. Look ever to Jesus. He will carry you through. Ask the Savior to help you. Comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. Anybody know he will carry you through? Shun evil for companions. Bad language disdain. God's name hold in reverence. Never take it in vain. Be thoughtful and earnest. Kind-hearted and true. Look ever to Jesus. He will carry you through. Ask the Savior to help you. Comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yes! He will carry you through. Father, we bless you today. We thank you. We ask God that your word has found fertile ground in the hearts and minds of your people. Bring to our knowledge, bring to our remembrance, bring to the forefront, God, those things that we have not gotten over, we just got through. And for some of us, God, that stronghold has been so powerful and so prevalent in our lives. Our inability to overcome them has caused us to be resigned to the fact that it's just who we are. But God, I pray that somebody who's watching right now And somebody under the sound of my voice in this place. I pray God that they would leave here today with hope and encouragement to know God that with you we have the power to destroy the strongholds in our life. So whether it's insecurity or pride or whatever the stronghold is whether it's jealousy or envy or fear, whether it's rejection or immorality, whatever it is, God, help us to know that with you, all things are possible. We pray and ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.